now it's been amazing. I mean, you know, connecting with guys like you that can have, you know, conversations like this, which are always a ton of fun for me. That doesn't happen without, you know, kind of getting out there. Welcome to Find Your Freedom, the best entrepreneurship podcast. Congratulations, you have found the go-to resource for aspiring entrepreneurs, providing insight from the world's most successful, relatable, and interesting entrepreneurs. Being an entrepreneur is hard. That is why we created findyourfreedompod.com to compile all the resources you need to find your own freedom. We just finished recording with Dustin McClone. Dustin discusses all that he learned in corporate banking and with nonprofits to now bringing his family business to the next level. Now, as CEO of McClone Insurance, Dustin gives incredible insight for aspiring entrepreneurs about the true meaning of hustle. This is a great episode for aspiring entrepreneurs to learn from. Don't forget to give Find Your Freedom a like, a share, and subscribe or follow us. Thanks so much. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome, Dustin. Super excited to have you on with us today. Yeah, likewise. Excited to get going. Dustin, welcome to Find Your Freedom. Uh, let's start with LinkedIn. So, so we found you on LinkedIn. When I scrolled to your page, it just kind of popped off the screen and I thought, man, this is a guy that I got to get to know a little bit better. So um, after checking you out a little bit, we invited you onto the podcast and we just kind of want to start off with, um, you're obviously utilizing LinkedIn as, as, a, as a good way to connect and, and get yourself out there. What have you uh, found about LinkedIn in your experience and, and what do you use it for? What do you think others can consider uh, leveraging the, the LinkedIn platform for? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so, you know, LinkedIn has been, you know, like so many things, it's been a journey. Uh, you know, I've been on LinkedIn in some which way, shape or form for quite a long time. But, uh, you know, to me, the, the platform is is so unique because uh, it is more, you know, it's obviously more business focused. Um, the people that you can engage with there frankly, are more willing to engage back in many cases because it's it's a lot of like-minded individuals. Yeah, like everyone's interested in networking, it seems. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and there's this feeling of, you know, true, you know, community on the platform. And I would say for for many years, I was, uh, you know, I was the professional stalker, right? I, I, <laughs> I uh, you know, I had a profile and, um, but I didn't, I didn't really post. I wasn't really getting my message out, but, you know, it was a way for me to you know, connect with people and find with people. Yeah. And, you know, really starting, you know, maybe a year or two ago, you know, I started to realize the power that it could have, you know, to also share the message. And, you know, like so many things in life, you, you kind of start with this imposter syndrome of like, well, does anyone really care about my message anyway? I mean, right. Yes. <laughs> um, is anyone going to listen and is anyone going to care? Um, and, What's been amazing about it is is what you you realize is look there's nothing that I'm putting out there that is rocket science right I mean I'm not I'm not Elon Musk or you know somebody like that that's getting really uh, you know revolutionary topics out there but yes. you know what I found is well what was I doing on LinkedIn well I I was checking out other people's content I was checking out what other people were saying uh, one because it refocuses your thinking two it kind of allows you to see who do you really want to connect with and and who can you learn from. Uh, and so I, you know, kind of took the leap of faith, so to speak, to say, you know what, let, let's give this a shot. Right. And, and, uh, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, the reality is with social media, if I tried it for six months and it was a miserable failure, it would just disappear eventually anyway. So, right. you know, what did I really have to risk other than some time, energy and effort? So, 
uh, you know, spent spent some real time trying to think about what that was going to look like and feel like. And, uh, you know, now it's been amazing. I mean, you know, to your point, you know, connecting with guys like you that, that you know, we can have, you know, conversations like this, which are always a ton of fun for me, you know, that doesn't happen without, you know, kind of getting out there. And, um, you know, what I kind of my background is really started in sales. And so, you know, to me, networking was always kind of a thing for me that, that that's kind of deep seated, but historically that meant in person. And, you know, what you quickly realize is the world is pretty small and there's a lot of cool people you can learn from outside of just your close geography. If, if you're willing to get out there and, and have some conversations. Yeah. Taking it from in-person to online is, is a huge game changer. And, uh, you've obviously found some, uh, some breakthrough and a lot of value on LinkedIn. So when I was, when I was browsing your LinkedIn page, I noticed I go, okay, wow, this guy's a public speaker. He's a podcast host. He's an insurance guy. He's this guy's doing it all. He's taking his 24 hours and, and doing a ton with it. How do you find time to, to get all these things in that you do? And, um, and then what are you currently allocating the bulk of your time towards? It's a great question. So, you know, first kind of the, the time management piece of it, right? So, you know, each one of those things has happened over, a, you know, 20 years, right? So, uh, you know, it's not like you wake up one day and, and you just start doing each one of those things. Um, <laughs> you know, what it really is, is, is just taking each day, you know, 1% at a time. And, you know, so, uh, you know, one of the things we talk a lot about in our company and, and now I've, I've, I've talked about more publicly is this, this uh, mindset of, of hustle. And, you know, really the, the idea is if the concept behind it is pretty simple, right? So if you've ever been to like a youth sports game before, right? you hear all these parents yelling from the stands, hustle, hustle, hustle. Right. And all the kids like look up at you like, well, duh, dummy. I already am. Right. Like, what do, what do you want me to do? All day on Saturday. That's all I was yelling. At. That's exactly <laughs> a right. Soccer game, a soccer game with my daughter. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll change your perspective at every youth game now going forward. Cause that's all you'll hear is all these parents yelling hustle and the kids not changing one ounce of behavior. Yeah, I don't think she knows what it means. She's six. <laughs> that's exactly right. Right. And, but what's interesting about it is it's, it's not until you, and so I was uh, also a youth basketball coach, right? So, you know, one of the things you learn is it's not until you define the behaviors of what hustle is that people actually understand what that means, right? It's, it's running down the court, it's diving for the ball, it's, you know, boxing out if you're playing basketball or, you know, you know what are the details that you're, that you're getting into? And so, you know, where this kind of light bulb went on, this was, you know, back about six years ago, and I, I had just been named CEO of, uh, I call it my core company, McClone Insurance. And I was also a youth basketball coach. My wife's also a youth basketball coach. And we were kind of talking about how we could release this dormant potential in our, in our basketball teams. But also, you know, I'd taken over, uh, it was our, our family business and it was a great company, but it was, had gone a little stagnant and I just saw so much potential for it. And it was, how could I kind of release that, that potential? And it was like, well, hustle, right? I mean, if, a team that hustles regardless is always going to outperform, right? right? But I realized the same thing happens in, in work and business is it's not until you define what hustle is, right? If, if I went to our, our team here at McClone and said, hustle, 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 they'd, be, they'd look at me the same way, right? Well, duh, dummy, I already am, right? But it's not until you de to define the behaviors of what that is. And so, you know, to, to your, your point, Doug, of, of like, how do I, how do I kind of organize my time? The, the core with hustle, it really starts with identifying what's really important to you because reality is, is, and you see this of, 
you know, this isn't something I created, right? I've, I've learned from super successful people before me, right? That accomplish much greater things than I'll probably ever accomplish. But what, what ultimately it comes down to is they carve out the same day and, and really start with a great clarity as to what they want to be and who they want to be and where they want to go. And you eliminate everything other than that, right? You know, it's, it's so easy in, in this world of distraction for you to get pulled in a thousand different directions that have nothing to do with where you want to go. Right. And, but it's, it's just adding one day at a time, right? Like, so, you know, obviously you guys have been taken off with your podcast and it's going great. And, you know, we did the same thing apparently about the same time, which is, which is kind of cool, <laughs> but I'm sure you guys felt the same thing when you first were doing it. It's like, Whoa, I mean, how, how do I pull this off? How do I record it? How do I, is anyone going to listen? But yeah, we're like, what's an MP3? What's an MP4? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're going, and we're going, millions of people have figured this out. I'm sure we that, can too. That's exactly but yeah, right. In the beginning, it was, like, it was like, wow, okay, there's a lot, a lot to this more than we thought. But, but now, you know, now that you've done it, right. And, and you're still going to, you know, the next 20 episodes will be better than the last 20, right. You'll continue to right. get better. But the idea being is, you know, now, now you know how to do it right now. It's a learned skill. And, and, you know, now you can say you're a podcaster, right. And, and <laughs> so, you know, to me, really it's, it's about, getting that clarity as to what you are. So like, you know, for me, uh, I kind of have always laid out, I want to be a husband. I want to be a father. I want to be a business leader. I want to be a community leader in that order. Well, the reality is, is that means there's certain things that aren't in there. Yeah. And, you know, there's, you know, as an, as an example from a, you know, sacrifice perspective, I don't really have hobbies. I mean, my, my hobbies are, you know, work and family and, and your kids <laughs> and kids. And I mean, yeah. like, I just don't have that. Um, and that's okay with me, right? Like that, I'm not saying that as a, as a martyr, I'm saying that I, my hobby is what I do, right? Like I, I love podcasting. I love leading McClone. I, I love what we're doing with hustle, right? Th those are all things that fulfill me, but for some people that would be mind numbing, right? That's not what they want to do. And that, and that's okay for everybody. It's, it, it, it can be different. Uh, but to me, that's what it really, and it's, and then it's that relentless behavior of each and every day, just saying, okay, what, what am I going to do today? And if I'm not advancing to towards my goals that day, well, then what did I do? Right. You know, and, and creating that clarity. I love that. Yeah. Just, it sounds like uh, clarifying your vision first and foremost is how you kind of attack it. And once you have that clear vision, then you know, you know what you're doing. You just go out, you go out and you execute. Now, in your own words, what does McClone do? I read uh, on your website, we help our clients protect and scale their business. So how do you do that? And what is McClone? Yeah, great question. So uh, here at McClone, we're an insurance broker. Uh, we work with, we're, we're based here in Wisconsin, but we work with uh, companies all over the all over the globe. Um, and so we do from, you know, business insurance to uh, manage employee benefit plans to uh, HR outsourcing and consulting to uh, retail, you know, personal insurance and things like that. But really at our core, you know, what we are is, you know, we believe that, you know, we can protect businesses, organizations, and families better than anyone beyond insurance. Right. And, and with a smile. And the idea is, is that when you look at our industry, I guarantee anyone that's listening right now, the minute they heard the word insurance, they're like, why the heck are they doing this to us? Right. Why would they bring an insurance guy on? And I promise I won't talk much about insurance. We love insurance. Yeah. We love yeah, insurance. Sure. My mom, my mom's a, is a lifetime insurance uh, broker. Okay. There you go. And so, yeah, we have it in the family. All right. Well, we love, so you're, we you're insurance. the 1% yeah. then. There's, there's, not, <laughs> Let's there's, go. Not a lot, there's not a lot of us in the world, but, um, but no, you know, in all seriousness, it, it, uh, 
you know, what, what really we're focused on is we feel that a lot of times in our industry, uh, organizations are net takers. You know, it's about what can I take out of an organization or a community? And we believe we can be net givers, right? We can, we can protect and scale, help scale businesses by, you know, quite frankly, just doing our job really, really well. Uh, right. You know, uh, whether it be small businesses, mid-market or, or global businesses, everybody's being asked to do more with less. And so, you know, what, what can we do to be, to be that good partner? That's so interesting. I, I think it's so odd that something that everyone needs and every business has is something that uh, people wouldn't, that, that they would be averse to talking about. It's kind of an yeah. odd, <laughs> odd thing. Yeah. It's funny. I was talking the other uh, last week with a friend who was investing in some businesses and he was talking about how he was buying some plumbing companies and was looking at getting into buying some um, um, like waste management recycling companies also. And it's just like, he's like, yeah, man, I just really target these businesses that people have no interest in and that people don't want to talk about. And they do really well and they're inflation proof, recession proof, like all these things. And I, I never even thought about it, but not, you know, not that insurance is, you know, on that level, but kind of in a way, like you're saying, yeah, it's just like something people really don't talk about, but everyone has is, has it and everyone uses it. And so, yeah. and that's a really, really cool thing. You have such an interesting background. You were in banking, you were a director of a boys and girls club, United Way. Can you talk us through kind of um, how you ended up um, in the insurance business? Yeah. So uh, really I ended up by birth. So my, my grandfather started McClone insurance and then my, my father took it over in the eighties. Um, and then, uh, now I'm, I'm running it. And, um, so, you know, I really got into it by, by birth. <laughs> um, but you know, really as I went to, as I went to college, I, I always knew I probably wanted to be in this space. It was just a matter of, you know, did I want to be here in the organization or not? And, right. um, you know, to your, your point of the, the banking and the nonprofits, you know, really a lot of that came really from the foundation of always wanting to learn. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I was super fortunate in, in college to, you know, work for a, uh, one of the largest banks in our state and in, in kind of a training program that taught me a ton <laughs> in a really short period of time. That's awesome. And, and that really kind of built my foundation from, from there. And so you know, I'm, I'm still, uh, still on a bank board today, um, uh, Nicolay Bank. They're at eight billion dollar publicly traded bank, um, kind of a super regional. That and you know, I, as I say with everybody, each of those experiences, I I feel like almost like I'm cheating because I'm learning more from the people in the room than I feel like I'm ever contributing. I mean, right. from the nonprofits to whatever. Um, but you know, a lot of it is just finding ways to get outside your comfort zone, right? When you talk about uh, the Boys and Girls Clubs in the United Way, you know, certainly a, a core of that to me was, you know, how do I give back? How do I make an impact? I mean, uh, Jonathan, I'm not quite uh, as far as what, what you're doing over, uh, over, over in Haiti, but you know, I'll try. I'm going to keep trying. Now I got somebody to chase. So there you go. Every effort to just make a positive impact. I love hearing those stories. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I think the way that you talk about your uh, background and your history is such a healthy way. And I think a really good um, kind of perspective for aspiring entrepreneurs to look at, um, you know, you were going into those experiences, literally looking for what can I be pulling out of this and, and always having it be an educational experience. And I think a lot of the entrepreneurs that we um, have on this podcast have kind of a similar thought process, like, I'm going to get as much as I can from every single experience that I'm going through. And, um, and really kind of sucking out all of the opportunity, no matter where it is. 
Uh, do you feel like a lot of what you learned in those early years are applicable now to you running uh, this insurance company? 100%. I mean, it's that mindset of lifetime learner. I, you know, one story I've, I've shared a few times, I mean, there's a number of stories I could share, but um, you know, one, one in particular. So I was working in this bank. Uh, I was uh, just in my last year at college. And uh, basically my job at that point was to kind of put financial analysts together or analysis together. And then basically the experienced people then would take them to the customers and, and have the conversation. And uh, I'll never forget the, my two bosses came up to me. They, they had a meeting in, in one hour they are, they had to leave in one hour and they're like, Hey, where, you know, where are the reports? And my face just went white because all of a sudden I realized, Oh my God, I didn't do it. Like I, I don't need, I haven't even started them. I don't have them ready. I don't think I've ever gotten them done in an hour before, but I don't know what to do. And it was, you know, it was one of those times where, you know, when you think back, I, I was so nervous. I was like, man, they're going to walk me out of here. It was a very high test environment. And I just kind of took a gulp and I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. I screwed it up. Like, I, I don't have it. Like, I'm, I'm going to bust my ass right now and we're going we're gonna to put it together. And I'll never forget it. They, they ended up uh, offering me a job a few months later uh, once I graduated, which I ended up not taking. But they basically said that was the turning point, right? They said, you could have so easily said, oh, I forgot or oh, I lost it or did you give it to me or whatever. And the fact that you just you just owned up to it responsibility, which at the time, which at the time, I mean, honestly, it, uh, I'd love to say it was some drip of wisdom, but it wasn't right. It was just kind of <laughs> one of those things, but, uh, you, you have good instincts. Well, but it's, you know, those types of experiences, right? So, you know, I'm 22 years old, kind of in that high test environment. And so, um, you know, I think you know, there's an interesting way to approach these things. If, if you're looking at it, just, you know, what can I, what can I take out of it without thinking about what you can give? right? That then that can be too selfish and you can approach things wrong. But Jonathan, I think you're exactly right is, is realizing that even things that don't seem linear, right? I think far too many people, they feel like everything in their life and in their career is linear. And why do this if it doesn't lead to that? Um, and certainly I, I'm not a proponent of being random completely either, right? I mean, ha have some mindset to it. But, you know, a lot of times those kind of adjacent turns that you don't think are going to have really anything to do with your long term. I mean, at that point, I was pretty confident I wanted to be in insurance. And so, you know, did I need to be in a bank? I mean, yes, it's financial services, but did I really need to? Well, you know, then as it turns out, that led me to be a, a director on, you know, multiple banks now. And, and that's helped me learn not only about banking, but also about how to grow, you know, McClone and uh, M&A and, and a lot of other different kind of categories that, you know, I probably went to learn if I went to, you know, thought outside the box a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And, and one that hasn't been mentioned enough, just that we all kind of expect the journey to be, not all of us, but many of us expect us the journey to be linear. Yep. And there's so many twists and turns along the way. And as, as guys, um, in our position where we are in our careers, we've, we've gotten to see that firsthand, but I think it's important for the younger uh, folks that are just starting out and listening to this to, to, to understand that, that that's how it's likely to be for you. It's going to be some twists and turns and it's not going to be a perfectly linear path for sure. Um, so going back to um, the getting started phase. So can you take us to, so you left the banking industry to take over the family company, McClone, Getting started is such a big challenge. What was that decision like for you? You said you were kind of thinking 
that you would one day rejoin the family business, but weren't sure and, and took some, some other twists and turns. What was that decision like? And um, is there a cautionary tale that you can share from that, that early, early phase of taking over the company? Yeah. So what I'll tell you is when I, when I came back, I wasn't taking over the company. When I came back, I was starting as an entry level, lowly sales guy. Um, oh, okay. So, you know, to, to me, it was really about, uh, you know, from a, a leap perspective, you know, I was, I was doing well. I was actually in the insurance space. I was just working for a company at the time. And really what it came down to is I started to envision, you know, again, where I wanted my life to be and, what I wanted, where I wanted to raise a family. I had been recently married and what it really came down to is, is whether it was this business or a different business, I knew that I wanted to have the most control over my growth, frankly, my income as I possibly could. And I didn't know if it meant that I was going to run the company someday. Um, you know, at that point I was what, 24, 25 years old. We were, you know, a decent sized organization. Who's to say I was going to be able to, to grow into that position. Right. Um, and, but I, but I knew I wanted to, to be in a role that the harder I worked, the more I drove my own results, the more I'd be rewarded. And so that's where sales really kind of, kind of drove me in. Um, and I think, you know, anytime people are making kind of career choices and things like that, there's, there's a natural, uh, leap of faith that exists for sure. Um, and, you know, for me, it was, I was coming back uh, to, to join the family company, which was exciting, but I was actually in a division that at that time we were terrible in. Uh, we were very small. We didn't have a good brand in it. Um, we had basically one other person uh, doing that. And, you know, here I was coming back, taking a pay cut, you know, and, and for what, right? To just kind of try something. Uh, but one of the things that I think is is most important when you, when people are making these decisions, whether it's a career change or whatever, to the point of even linear, I also think it's, there's a bit of, uh, kind of aggressive patience that, that people need to have. Right. So I'm not a patient person. I'll never say I'm a patient person, but you know, if you're aggressive in driving towards your goals, but patient for the result, that's usually where the best things happen. I think far too often, you know, people, they just give up too soon. You know, if you, if you look at, you know, a sprinter, right? A sprinter at the very end of the race, right? They stretch to, to get the tape. The problem is, is in, in business or in life, we don't know where the finish line is, right? <laughs> there really isn't even a finish line. And so it's like, you know, and I'm sure you guys have seen the same thing. How many times have you seen someone that you're like, man, you were so close. And then that's when they give up. And, you know, you, you look at, you know, all these successful people, I mean, how many, how many people that are like, man, you are so successful. I want to be like you and you're like an overnight success story. It's like, yeah, I've been doing it for 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, and it's, it's, we laugh because it's comical because it, for, for anyone that's been down that path, you know, it's, you, you talk about, you know, LinkedIn, right? I mean, the reality is, is that's, you know, built up over time. If you, you know, your own personal networks, those are built up over time, your businesses, et cetera. So, right. uh, you know, to me, I think that's, that's the biggest thing. Anytime you're, you're, you're making any switch like that. And it certainly was for me, I wasn't making it for the next year of my life, right? I was looking for it for the next 10, 20 years of my life. And, and now it turns out more. Yeah. I think, um, as I'm hearing you talk, what I hear is that you really, um, gained a lot of knowledge from some kind of, uh, uh 
you know, like very corporate style trainings um, and that help build your foundation. Do you feel that that's kind of an important piece of why you're successful? Is that something you recommend for aspiring entrepreneurs? 100%. So the, the L in hustle actually stands for learn from others because, you know, to me, it is the, so to me, like if I go back to hustle for a second, the H in hustle stands for hard work okay. because nothing good has ever happened without hard work. And, and yeah. even that people don't really understand exactly what that means, but I mean, it, it takes ridiculous hard work to accomplish anything worthwhile. Uh, but then as you, you, you get beyond that, uh, U is for unrelenting. So never giving up S is smarter, not just harder. Right. So you gotta, you know, find ways to be efficient. T is you gotta take chances. L you gotta learn from others. And E then is enjoying the process and the journey and things like that. But very cool. The, the, the key with the learn from others is it's, and you guys have seen, it's a cheat code Yeah. because there's, there's people that have done these things before us. We're not the first people walking around trying to do these things. Right. And, uh, so to answer your question, yes. I mean, to me, uh, you know, you think of mentors, coaches, training programs and countless, uh, of those you know, coaches and trainers and mentors have shaped who I am. I mean, ultimately everything that I talk about in hustle came from that. Right. I mean, it's, uh, and it's because you just ask questions and, and when you so much, so one of the things I think is interesting about, you know, learning from others, there are so many people in, in life that might pay for someone to cut their grass or someone to be their personal trainer or things like that. But then people are unwilling to invest in their own coach or own development right. other than that, which to me just seems absolutely crazy. Right. When you think about what you're trying to do and you know, I know a lot, you know, for entrepreneurs, right. People that want to be entrepreneurs, it's a lonely, it's a lonely run. Right. I mean, yeah. if it, it's really easy to kind of get into a silo and feel like there's nobody there for you. So, so what do you need? You need, you need coaches, you need mentors, you need a community, you need others you can lean on because it, if you do that, that's, that's who you turn to. Uh, cause especially as you start to build teams, right? I mean, the, the old adage, you know, it's, it's lonely at the top. It's real, yeah. right? Cause I mean, nobody on your team gives a crap about what you're concerned about. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, and, and because they're mean spirited, it's just, that's not the role. Yeah. That's, that really is kind of where the vision for find your freedom came from initially is like, we had so many struggles early on, you know, I had two years of wandering around in the desert, kind of just like trying to figure it out on my own. And, um, you know, and Doug and I both kind of had this long corporate struggle that we were just like, this doesn't really fit us. Like we're not happy in this. And, um, we gained a lot of skills and experience there that led us to be successful as entrepreneurs. But man, it was like such a hard grind early on. And yeah, you feel kind of alone in that. So us putting find your freedom together, um, and that's kind of the goal for what the website we're building is really giving all those resources and community, you know, we'll call it the, the FYF community, all these successful entrepreneurs sharing their wisdom and their learnings from all of the, um, you know, all the mistakes that they made. And, you know, the goal is to even make a course, you know, have each of our guests make a course about like, here's what I think is the attribute that made me most successful. And I want to give you the skills. I want to share these skills with the aspiring entrepreneur community. And, and um, yeah, because it can be so brutal to not feel like you have that. So we're hoping to give um, the next generation kind of a little bit better of a foundation and fast forward all of their successes um, is there a certain trait that you feel is like your superpower? What would you say that, that you would attribute most of your success to? 
ultimately what I've seen it, and, and this is really where I, I built the hustle framework was, um, it's through a kind of a series of learnings and behaviors that I just repeat like crazy. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll use the example of actually the, the, this hustle leadership, uh, business that me and, uh, my partner created. And, um, you know, really what it started with was we just got to put in a bunch of time and figure out exactly what we want to do and just go do it. Right. Like, yeah. and as dumb as that sounds, man, there are so many people that have great dreams and never put a pen to paper, right. you know, and, uh, you know, people are, are often so, so hesitant to do anything because they want it to be perfection. Right. And, you know, I talk a lot about make progress, not perfection. There's nothing perfect. There, there just isn't. Um, and you know, the reality is, is just, just get out there and then iterate, you know, learn, fail, fail forward, learn from it, you know, go from there. So, you know, to, you know, what really is, has helped me, uh, in a lot of ways. And, and even this kind of next iteration for me, what's been interesting with hustle is, is I was kind of building out the the framework and the trainings and stuff like that. It wasn't actually meant to be anything. It was just meant for our team here at McClone. But, and then all of a sudden I started talking about it to people and they're like, well, could you, could you teach our team? Yeah, about I like that? This. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't have the time. I, I got a day job. Right. Like, um, but you know, I love to coach. I love to, you know, see people succeed. Right. And so I was like, all right, maybe there's something there. And so, uh, uh Chris Burns, my, my business partner, I, we were kind of talking about it and he's like, I think there's something here. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and he's, he's a serial entrepreneur, marketing expert, things like that. And so he's like, he's like, I think, I think we can do this together. And, uh, you know, so kind of the re the rest is history, but, um, you know, to your point of kind of the secret weapon, you know, to me, it's, uh, you know, by having this kind of framework, even for me personally, as I would go through the trainings, yeah. I found myself realizing I was even lying to myself on some of this, <laughs> you know? right. uh, yeah. because we do that to ourselves, right? We, we spin ourselves in a circle. And so in a lot of ways, that's kind of become my secret weapon of just kind of going back and saying, all right, am I, am I really living by this or, or not? And that self-reflection is huge. Yeah. Having, having the process, um, is really critical, but also just forcing yourself to make sure you stay in the process. Yeah. I think that's super important. And it sounds like, uh, maybe your superpower is creating badass acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Could be. Crushing yeah. the acronym game. Yeah. 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 I love the the hustle and and what you have behind that. Um, I didn't even know that it, that you were utilizing it as an acronym, but hearing you go through it, I think really gives the a lot of the vision to what you're trying to do in your company and now with with your leadership program. So I really, really love that. Definitely the best acronym we've had so far yeah. here. <laughs> By far. <laughs> Hands down. So I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm also uber competitive. So I love winning at literally anything. So if I won something today, I, that's that's all I'm hoping for. That's good. <laughs> uh, it seems like you've pulled um, a lot of knowledge um, and seeked out a lot of knowledge. What would you say your go-to resource is for um, you know for building up this this knowledge base that you've had? Man, that's a good question. Uh, everywhere. I loved it. I loved to shortcut it. I mean, so here's what I'll tell you. Uh, so I, I say I read books, but I cheat a little bit. Uh, I'm an audiobook guy for sure. Um, but you know, to me, got to find what works for you. That's exactly right. I mean, audiobooks, podcasts. Um, I mean, these are great formats for you to learn from some really smart people. Uh, that 
you know, I guess audiobooks have in some ways existed for a while, right? But uh, you know, in the in the podcasting world, it's a whole nother space that I think is just absolutely tremendous. Um, you know, I also think uh, still going back to the old adage of networking. So I can't tell you how many times. So, like as an example, um, I'm part of a group of of people that are run similar uh, insurance brokers like like us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get in a room and, you know, some cases we have an agenda, some cases we don't. And I tell you, a lot of times when we have these meetings, especially when they're virtual, you look at your day and you're like, man, I don't have an hour for this. I just don't. Like, we don't have an agenda. I got 75 things to do. I'm trying to hit my goals. I got to go do this. I just got to go. And I tell you what, now, in that group at least, without fail, every time after that hour, I'm like, man. That was great. I, I, you know, there's one thing that I took from that, that like, it's just changing my thinking or changing my focus that, you know, I, I would have just kept running down this stupid path yeah. but because of this. I, you know, I went this other way. Now I will say there are times where you'll be in a group like that and you'll realize this is a waste of time, right? Like, you know, they're not, they're not all great. <laughs> um, right. Got to find that right, that right group that you can mastermind with that you really can keep learning from. That's exactly right. Right. And then continue to, to challenge yourself outside that thinking. I, I, I was fortunate. Um, this was about two months ago, three months ago. Uh, I got to go with a, a group of people uh, to this event and, you know, we're so from a size perspective, we're in the top 1% in our space, in our, in our industry. But the reality is that still means there's people that are a hundred times bigger than us. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, and so you have this vision of where you want to take this company and, you know, what you can do. Well, you know, all of a sudden I'm surrounded by organizations that are literally hundreds of times bigger than ours. And actually there was one guy that I was kind of talking to and, you know, we we're just kind of talking through different things. And, and he asked me basically like what the, what my goals were of, you know, growth and, you know, what, what I saw of the company when I hung it up and all that. And, uh, he just challenged me straight out. Like, I, he's like, you, you are putting way too much of a ceiling on yourself. Like, why, why you're, you're, you're 41 years old, right? You got tons of runway. Why are you putting the, ce- and you know, initially you're almost pissed off, right? Cause you're like, I'm not putting the ceiling on myself. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm shooting for the moon, right? How, how dare uh, you? <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, it's things like that when you, you know, surround yourself just with different people and different perspectives, you know, again, it's not all going to be perfect, but you know, to me, it's that, that seeking out the, the knowledge from others and however you do that, right. Whether that be events, whether that be in person, whether that be podcasts, whether that be audiobooks, you know, yes, whatever, whatever works for you. But you know, that constant, that constant seek, I mean, you, you see it. I mean, the most successful people, like the easiest statistic, the most successful people read the most books. And those could be audiobooks. That's exactly right. So, so just to, just to, just to remind everyone the L from hustle is learn from others. So I hope everyone's picking that up. <laughs> you know, we, we get, we get so, we get so siloed and especially work from home, working remotely, you can really get caught up in your own home, in your own little home office, you know, working away and lose out on all the, the knowledge of others out there in the world. So finding a way to connect with others, whether it be through LinkedIn whether it be through joining mastermind groups locally, but finding a way to connect with folks that are where you want to be in, in five years, where you want to be in 10 years, 
and they will help you rip the ceiling off. And you got to be prepared to hear that when they tell you, because right. you may get a little defensive, right? Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and uh, you got to be prepared to hear that feedback and then go take it and apply it in your own life and in your own career. So, um, so you talked about, you've made a big point about learning at each stage of the process, learning from others. What would you say is the single decision you made along the way that you feel gave you the biggest ROI in terms of fast tracking your career and success in your, in your career? That's a great question. It's a big one. Take, take your time. Yeah. Single biggest thing that is fast tracked. So I, I, I got one. This, this is kind of a different perspective, but, um, so I was young in, in my sales career and, uh, I was seemingly working really hard. I was putting a lot of hours in, uh, I was recently married, just had my first kid. Seemingly. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a key word. You're going to see, you're going to see why. And, uh, my wife, my wife sat me down cause uh, she was then pregnant with our, our second child. And basically had the heart to heart of like, do you, would you want to be around? Like, do you want to be a husband? Do you want to be a father? And like, in my head, I had the lens of, well, I was working really, really hard so that I could provide. Right. Right. And so kind of had a discussion. I'm like, all right, well, I probably need to make a change. You know, what does this mean? But at the same point I had significant goals and significant things that I needed to tackle in my career that I was like, how does, how do I balance this? And I think, you know, the word kind of work-life balance, I think it's used a lot. I think, you know, if you talk to, you know, a lot of people, it, uh, one of the most successful guys I, I know runs one of the top auto dealers in the, in the country. He said, no one's ever going to accuse me of work-life balance. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the reality is he has a tremendous relationship with his, with his family and his kids and the community. Right. But it's because it's harmonized. It's, it, it, it's integrated into, um, into multiple things. But anyway, so we having this conversation and, um, she's like, something, something's got to give. And I'm like, all right. And she's like, here's the deal. Um, I, I don't care when you get into work. All I, all I ask is just, can you be home by six o'clock every night? And I understand there are certain nights where you have networking events and things like that. I'll even give you a pass on those. And then Fridays, can you just be home at five? You can work Saturday mornings, you can work Sunday nights. I don't really, but just those little boundaries. And as dumb as that sounds to this day, 20 years later, I'm still home at five o'clock every Friday. I still am home many days at six o'clock. Now I might pull up my laptop and work once I get home. Right. But, yeah. um, you know, the idea was, is what that forced me to do. And the reason I say seemingly was working hard is I was, I was putting the time in, you know, I was at the office and I was, you know, doing work. But it wasn't until I kind of had to squeeze in other priorities that suddenly started to realize I was wasting a ton of time. Right. And not intentionally, right? It was just, why am I spending time on this crap or that? Like what, how do I 80, 20 this to really focus on what's really going to, you know, drive my results. And, and so to me, I, it, it seems like an odd way to say what was my breakthrough, but it was actually when I started to create more clarity as to who I really wanted to be and then create that scarcity in my schedule yep. that I had to, I had to be crazy thoughtful about where I spent my time. And so, I mean, I would, I'd leave the house at, you know, four, four thirty in the morning. You know, this was before you could do as much remote work. Right. So, right. and that, that to me was fine. I, I could get in early, 
then I was, you know, still there for my kids. I was still there, you know, for my wife. Um, but I tell you what, when you're getting up that, that early to go into work, you think a lot about where you're spending your time. Right. You're like this better be worth it. I better maximize this productivity here. Yeah. We call that des- designing your lifestyle. You know, a lot, of, a lot of people really talk, talk about that and, um, kind of, you know, it doesn't always, you can design your lifestyle for how you want it to look in the future. And that's where like, I feel like, uh, you know, one of the situations I got really fortunate in, I was, you know, when I was working 70, 80 hour weeks in hospitality, um, in my, in my prior life, I was working towards, you know, the whole motivation was I was thinking, this is not um, sustainable. Like how, you know, how am I going to spend time with my kids when I have kids, whenever I get married and, um, and kind of putting in the grind. And I think a lot of um, uh, young people that I talk to um, really don't get that fact of like, you need to plan what your life looks like in five years, work now to put yourself in position to make your life, uh, to make it an, an opportunity to have your life the way that you want it to be. Design your work, your work ethic, um, what you're building right now to put yourself in position. Say, if I want to not be working 70 hour weeks, uh, 70 hour uh, weeks in, you know, in five years or 10 years, whenever I do have a family, I better be grinding right now. I better putting all my, you know, eggs in the basket right now because I do want to have that future life. Some of the mentees I talk to right now, they're really kind of just getting the fact that like, oh, you know what? Like if I make some sacrifices here, that's really going to build and compound into some future successes. And I think that's kind of a switch um, that people need to, to turn on, that there's going to be some sacrifices early on. And if you do front load it, it can get you in a position um, to be, you know, really in the driver's seat that you want later. For sure. I mean, and, and the key point you said there was sacrifice, right? Like I, I think a lot of times I think, I think there are some, you know, younger people today that that might even buy into the design of your lifestyle, but they're not putting enough time in to really crush their goals. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and and we lie to ourselves. And you know, this, you know, if you think about like what is hard work, right? Like part of hard work is putting in the time. You talked about, you know, your 70, 80 hours a week. The reality is not that that's what you want to do forever in your life, probably, but right. you probably learned a ton. Right. By doing that. Right. And, yeah. and discipline and focus and how to grind through those times. What's, what's interesting is so and I'm not saying everyone has to work 60 plus hours a week, but, you know, 60 plus hours a week is kind of like the badge of honor. Right. Like you're really cranking it. Yeah. And uh, but what's interesting is there's been studies that have shown this about how much we lie to ourselves, because so if you, if you could guess what percentage of people in the U.S. say that they work 60 plus hours a week. Any idea? Maybe 50 percent. Okay. So it's about 38%. All right. So just over a third. Do you want to know what percentage actually do? It's 3.4%. Yeah. <laughs> is it? One, one, oh, tenth, man. one tenth of those that people. That stat is, is incredible. That's one of the things I talk about all the time. Like these people are talking about how they're working hard as it's like a, a good thing. It's like for a yeah. certain period, for a finite, you know, to get me from here to here, I'm going to have to climb for a little while to get yeah. there. But man, to keep saying it like it's a like it's a great thing. It's like yeah, like I'm you know grinding at sixty hours a week. Yeah. And it's just like yeah, yeah, I did that too. But I, I at no point was I super proud of it. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm doing this for a purpose. That's exactly right. Well, and it's it's you know applying to what right? And again, everyone can apply whatever hours they want. But what what to me was interesting is when people say how much hours they're working. They've never done the math. Like I can't tell you how many you know people I've coached over the years, right? Where they're saying, "Yo, I'm I'm working endless hours, endless hours," and all you do is I I, I give them a time tracker, right? So for two weeks, 
track every 15 minute increment you have for two weeks. If you guys have ever done this, I mean, you know, it's it like, it's the biggest light bulb in the world. Right. And all of a sudden you do the math, be like, how many hours do you think you're working? And where do you think you're spending the time? Right. And all these, you know, light bulbs that, that go on. And it's, you know, again, it's not about just putting in hours to put in hours, right? It's, it's also about recognizing where are you putting those hours and, you know, what are you doing in them? Because, you know, you can spend a bunch of time and not, not get anywhere too. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I love your outlook on entrepreneurship. And here's a question that we ask every guest that comes on. How would you personally define entrepreneurship? I would say it's the, the endeavor to identify problems that other people have and find a way to solve them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's such a, a personal question. And I love, you know, the way that you just illustrated it. It's, you know, it's providing so much opportunity and future through this work. And I love the acronym that you have that kind of walks you through some of the things you have to take into account if you want to be successful as an entrepreneur. So I think this was um, sort of an unplanned, awesome synergy that, uh, <laughs> that, you, <laughs> that you're having. So we've yeah. got the hustle and the FYF just working together to really. That's to exactly right. Home. I think it's, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed having you on today, Dustin. The, uh, the wisdom and insight you had from kind of providing your background story to now really kind of bringing back, coming back to the, to the family industry and taking it to the next level. I think it was a really, really powerful story. Thanks so much for coming on with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was great. Uh, where should, uh, people are going to want to reach out to you. Uh, where should we send them? Great. Yeah. So, uh, certainly uh, if they're listening to this and they like podcasts, uh, hustle nation podcast, uh, is, is, uh, is my podcast, you know, otherwise, uh, if, if they're more interested in hustle, uh, hustleleaders.com, or you, frankly, you can just find me on LinkedIn. That's usually the easiest place. Um, if they, uh, need help on the insurance side, risk management side, McClone.com is where you can find us there. So uh, LinkedIn is usually, you know, similar to you guys. That's, that's usually where I connect with plenty of people. And that's always fun for me too. Dustin, I love your outlook, man. You uh, brought a lot of, provided a lot of gems for the audience today. And um, I, my biggest takeaway is just prioritizing, identifying what you want out of your life, and then taking those steps to, to get there. So thank you so much for being with us been a great episode and uh good luck on everything check out hustle nation podcast it's awesome go check it out congratulations you have found the go-to resource for aspiring entrepreneurs providing insight from the world's most successful relatable and interesting entrepreneurs being an entrepreneur is hard that is why we created findyourfreedompod.com to compile all the resources you need to find your own freedom <laughs>